Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Knollcast. Bud, as always, we'll thank our friends, Louisiana Hot Sauce, three simple ingredients, one fantastic product, and the great people at Tarpon Cellars, tarponcellars.com, coupon code Knollcast for 20% off any order they're placed uh, via their online uh, store. And uh, Bud, you know, you've been busy running around. I was down in Tallahassee for a couple of days working on some some business things and uh, got a chance to um, take in a couple data points uh, regarding the Florida State football team and look forward to tonight's conversation. Yeah, man, no doubt about it. Uh, I, yeah, it was Mags and I's anniversary, so uh, went and did that. And before that, was doing a whole lot, whole lot of recruiting running around. So we'll have a little bit of chat about that. Uh, I guess we got uh, we are going up against the premiere of a show called Succession. I guess which I don't watch uh but it a couple people in in the chat said that we're pretty bold to to do that all right guys well i guess we if we're bold we're bold uh but we are i mean you know standing uh, on business and last of my concerns uh particularly being that this is not a one-off consumption model so if you choose to watch succession congratulations i hope you love it and know that youtube will have it for you as soon as you're ready to consume it or you're preferred uh platform of podcast consumption or anything else so whether you're here with us tonight or not uh that can be your choice and i did see um i believe you put a picture on instagram of uh yourself and your lovely bride congratulations man seven years hard to believe that i was uh at that seven years ago and congratulations to both of y'all and i was i was at yours this year it was awesome man um all right a couple housekeeping notes number one my AC is busted. It will be repaired sometime this week. Uh, Sent the kids and mags to uh, their grandparents' house, which is down the street. And uh, I got a portable AC in the office. So if you hear audio quality on my end tonight that is not quite as good as it normally is, um, that is why. Number two, uh, yeah, if you're going to watch Succession, hit the like button and just let this thing run and then go back and watch it. It actually helps our analytics, so we, we definitely uh, – they appreciate that. All right. Florida State has had, you know, good number of spring practices now. They just had their first scrimmage. And I guess where we start is quarterback. Um, they don't usually like us talking about lineup stuff, uh, but they talk about it themselves, being Mike Norvell and offensive coordinator Alex Atkins. So Jordan Travis didn't go. They're holding them out, kind of load management, uh, simulating a, a scenario in which he uh, would miss a game. And honestly, that's a pretty smart, smart scenario. To, uh, to simulate, given his track record, not his fault, but uh, you know he, he's had injury issues over the course of his career and has missed a, a good number of games. So, uh, got to see some of the young guys out there, and from what I hear, man, like Duffy getting pushed by Glenn is good. But if, I think the fact that Glenn, who doesn't have the like, he's the only one out there with the non non contact jersey off him because. Mike Norvell always makes those guys go through a contact scrimmage when they get to college first. Everybody else wears the non-contact. It it sounds like like Alex Atkins and Mike Norvell are very pleased with with Brock Glenn, uh, the true freshman out of Tennessee. Um, I was I was impressed. I was able to attend the scrimmage. Now I'll be um, uh, try to be respectful here. Like I don't think it's appropriate for me to wear my battles in hat and and also my null cast hat at the same time, but I'll, I'll acknowledge that of what the, the head coach did. Brooklyn was really, really impressive. I mean, um, now not wearing that green Jersey 
fits his game. Brock is a uh, he's an athlete, and I don't know if you want to say he's a plus level athlete, but he's he's a damn good athlete. And uh, I think had two different runs of uh, you know fifteen or, or twenty yards uh, in kind of creating something out of nothing. Made some mistakes, made some throws that you go, yeah, that's a kid that you know should probably just be getting back from prom or whatever as far as where his actual, uh, you know, cycle is and, and still being a senior in high school. But uh, Brooklyn carries himself in a manner that you'd like to see out of your quarterback, and Brooklyn was very, very impressive to me. Absolutely. There are certainly a number of starters who who missed the scrimmage either because they're trying to work other guys or because they're they're currently dinged up. And I, in, in listening to Alex Atkins in his press conference, he said something to me that was interesting. He's like, hey, you know, we're, the spring is not really for offensive line continuity, right? It's it's spring is more of like a collective individual effort type thing where everybody's trying to get better at what their jobs are, right? So I'm not really concerned if you don't have the full starting lineup in there in spring and and getting great continuity. Like to me, that's more what happens over the summer with you know your, your summer Pascal when you get together, you play seven on seven. And with some of your, your camaraderie and, and you're working on some of your stuff with the offensive line. But that's really good to hear about Glenn. You know, it's always interesting to know just like how are these guys going to work together, especially when he is a, a true freshman and, and just got to campus. And you do have a lot of new pieces on this team, even though they are because of the work that the team has done in the portal, uh, pretty experienced pieces uh, from elsewhere. So it's not like the game of football is new to all of them, but the name of the game of college football is pretty new to Brock Glenn. And, and and he was a guy I thought the high school numbers were not great, to be honest, right? Like he, he threw more picks than I think you, you'd love. Uh, and the completion percentage was not always great. But when you watched him, he definitely had some high level tools and was a good athlete. And you know, if you take enough shots on those guys, eventually you're probably going to hit, whether that is, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not really in the, in the Tate Rodemaker camp. But uh, maybe, maybe him, maybe a Duffy, or, or maybe it ends up being a Brock Glenn, or obviously the guy you got coming up now uh, in Cromenhope, who, who is, you know, I know we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. Uh, but, you know, I, it has long been a situation where when, when you have offensive linemen out, the defensive line in the scrimmage just makes it to where, like, you're really not able to functionally have a, a good scrimmage. And I'm not saying that's not true anymore. But I do think that the overall quality of this of this offensive line is improved enough to where you can have a somewhat functional scrimmage with some of the backups in there, right? I mean, you're going to have some of your starters just destroying some of the backups. But I kind of feel like they function better than they used to because of the depth on this offensive line. The depth along the line of scrimmage is absurdly impressive. I mean, it is... Depth in general, man. I, 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 this is not an attempt to like, <laughs> it's not an attempt to promote the battle's end, but the roster's, the roster's very, very impressive from, from one through 85. And, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see them get down to that number. Uh, but the depth along the line of scrimmage just jumps out to you. And I'll say that, um, the defensive line was very impressive. Uh, and, and, um, We'll get back to quarterback, and and we'll go position by position. Uh, the defensive line was very impressive, but almost every offensive line, offensive line one, two, three, even you know the the kind of scatterings of 
of uh, the third and fourth team created significant running holes against uh, for for every running back that was out there. Um, to see the second and third team line uh, continue to progress and work themselves out of the the muck uh, that that position group has been in for four or five years is remarkable. And you know when you see some of these guys that are getting snaps uh, on the second and third team are. It's, it's pretty eye-opening as to the dramatic changeover that's taken place uh, on this roster. So, there are some position battles here that I, I'm really excited about, man. Like I, I don't think Murray Smith's a bad player, right? But he's certainly not like a a great player. He's not somebody you look at and you say that guy's going to go play in the NFL sooner rather than later or ever, right? Uh, you bring in Casey Roddick. Something I, I, I'll go back to something that that you know, Willie Taggart said. I'm sure it's probably a Harbaughism. It was like our it's our job to bring in guys to take your job. And I mean, like I I from what I hear, they're fairly pleased with Roddick too, man. Like that is a nice little battle there. It the fact that you have somebody who's legitimately gonna battle him at the center spot is is encouraging, I think, man. Like that's that's big time. Yep. Uh Roddick physically very impressive. Uh gotta improve just in snapping in general. Um and that I think is something that you can have faith will continue to improve, but yeah. Um, uh, and, and, you know, we almost forget about it, but uh, because he got hurt in the Duquesne game, but dude, bless Harris has got the potential to, um, you know, bless, bless Harris is, this is cliche, but bless is almost like a whole nother signing or a whole nother transfer kit at this point. Cause you just didn't get anything. You, you had a, you got a quarter and a half at I guess Duquesne uh, or whatever it was before he he tore his shoulder or whatever that was and, and bless you know again I, I don't want to get into individual like plays and details and stuff I don't think that's uh, fair for me to do but um, bless bless is impressive and bless had some moments that made you be like whoo that's a it's a player that maybe gets lost in the shuffle a little bit uh, and at times. Uh, was one of the more impressive linemen out there, in my opinion. Um, I know guys are asking about uh, Lyles. L- L- Lyles is not uh, is not playing anymore. Yes, he's so, on a coaching staff yeah. somewhere, I do believe. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, so it's interesting you bring that up. Like, the, the Bless Harris stuff is really encouraging, right? And, and people said, like, I, you know, Cedric's saying here in the chat, like, hey, Bless was thought of just a depth piece last year, correct? No. Like, Bless Harris was going to start. Right, and I, th- I think you and I uh, were quite concerned when early in that LSU week we got word like, "Oh man, shoulder surgery is is uh, that's not good." Right, and FSU ends up beating LSU anyway. But no, like Bless Harris was a guy who came from was was it was it D two or FCS? I thought it was. I thought it was FCS. I could be okay. wrong. Um, but like a, a lower division kids, so you really weren't totally sure what you were going to get, but they were really excited about him once they got him on campus because the athleticism and the length and the, you know, he was a little skinny and the power needed to come and, and there were some refinement that was needed in his game. But I mean, dude, like if plus Harris ends up being a guy who seriously is going to be in the competition for a starting job this year, like the shoulder surgery didn't set him back, you know, that much. I mean, you're really looking at like an offensive line class from that 2022 cycle, especially if you include Bless Harris. And that's it's very encouraging. Like Julian Armella, I've continued to hear like 
positive things. And like he and Alex Atkins praised him in the press conference, by the way. Like, okay, like continues to keep working at it. You know, Quayshawn Sapp's a guy who's dropped some bad weight. You know, Jalen Early, I know, is a guy they're very excited about. Um, heck, he, he, even Kanai Charlton. I mean, they, that's like four or five names I just read off that could be really useful pieces in your program yeah. down the line. That's that's hitting. Very much so. Um, I thought even a guy like Estes was had a, had a decent day considering what his assignment was. Um, so I, I think you've got some some impressive pieces uh, up and down the – the line of scrimmage and uh, I know it's redundant. I know it's boring, but being there in person just made me appreciate all the, the conversation that we had the last time we did this and, and the job that Alan Zackens has done and the number of, of pieces that he's brought in. It is, uh, it's a damn good thing to see, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, you just look at it and it's, uh, it is very, very impressive. And uh, Lucas Simmons limited in, in some of the stuff that I saw of him. And again, I don't want to go into details, but, Watching Lucas Simmons get to the second level is uh, about as close to uh, poetry in motion as some silly hyperbole, but that ain't that ain't what it looks like for most people. I mean, that is that's a, again. I will reiterate: it's going to take some time. It's going to grow into his body. He's going to make some mistakes, but that's a piece of clay. The types that you haven't had around here in probably 10, 10 years to work with, if not probably more like fifteen or or maybe into the early two thousands. Uh, it's it's impressive. There is an inner confidence that they've hit on that uh, with, with yeah. him at that position. And that yeah. is so huge. And we'll talk about this in a little bit. But, man, we got one offensive tackle in the top 60 right now in the top 247. Not one in Florida. Yeah. One player. This is a, a – now, look, I think some will probably emerge. There will be some that, that the rating services get their eyeballs on in person – some guys will, will grow or lean out or, or you know get a little bigger, what have you. But the fact that the offensive tackle crop, especially in Florida, but also nationally, uh, is lacking in the way that it is, makes the value of getting a player like that in last year's cycle that much more important. Because you had an opportunity, you had to get it, and you know, like to go baseball, like that was your pitch to hit. This year, there may not be a pitch to hit, right? Just okay, there's nothing to swing at here, uh, offensive tackle-wise. So, you know, I, I go back to that Brewers analogy you, you and I are kicking around. Like, like the, the teams that have the superstars, not always the ones that are, are playing amazing. It certainly helps, and you want to have your superstars. But the teams that's, that seem to surprise people are the teams that have the fewest number of innings played throughout the season by guys who are below replacement level. You know, and sort of the, the wink league system, if you will, um, I mean, there's not a lot of positions on this team where I'm like, if they got to play the backup, they're in real trouble. And that's not normal. Like, almost the entire history of this podcast, we're like, shoot, that ain't good. Go back to 2013. Mm-hmm. I can, I can yeah. remember where, where I was. I, I, I was living with Sean at the time. Um, and I'm like, man, like, if they stay fully healthy on the offensive line, they could be all right up front. But, like, the backups can't play. Like, they just – they're not any good. And – they had like the same five start almost the entire season, remember? And that was uh it's it's kind of nice. Mm. The, the whole thing doesn't fall apart if you get one guy go down at most positions. I mean, you know, a, a Johnny Wilson's a dude, I don't know, like he's a different piece at receiver because of the size. But 
you got to feel pretty good about this offense right now. I don't know anywhere uh, that I don't feel very good about the offense. It's really, um, I mean, the backs a little bit hard to evaluate because your top three backs are wearing green jerseys uh, or your, your top two backs or maybe your top one back. And the only reason I say that is because Rodney Hill was not wearing a green jersey. And I'm not saying that anything that Norvell Atkins or anybody else hasn't. So I'm completely fine being transparent here. Uh, Bell might have been the most impressive or Bell. Rodney Hill might have been the most impressive player on the field. I mean, he had a an early run where uh, we all know what Rodney's you know speed is, but uh, broke took on a tackler and and broke said tackle uh, and turned it into a touchdown. Had another long run that I think went for a touchdown. Had another long run that I think was brought back. Uh, Rodney Hill, different guy. Lawrence Tofilly had uh, at least one run that would have gone for a touchdown had he not been in a green jersey and it was blown dead because of a, you know, a defender got a hand on a shoulder pad or something. And Trey Benson in a green jersey is just almost it's almost impossible to evaluate because there's there's just plays where, okay, a, a safety taking that angle against Trey Benson with a with a head of steam is not going to bring him down you know, 99 times out of a hundred, but he's wearing yeah. green. So doesn't matter that the safety was, you know, late and has his hat on the wrong side, et cetera, et cetera, plays dead. Uh, I think Trey Benson may be one of the better running backs in the country next year. And um, I think Rodney Hill will be a fantastic complimentary piece and they'll continue to work till Philly in. Um I, I almost just would evaluate total total Philly from a total yards perspective because he's he's going to get involved in the running game certainly but you know they love uh, certainly the wheel route and they love that angle route that they work with him and so, I mean that's that Tofilly's uh, a unique piece and they'll continue to use him and then you know uh, C J Campbell and Kaziah Holmes are are very nice players in their own regard so you know it, it's like it doesn't seem at this point, like you're missing Treshawn Ward. And that's a good thing. Like Treshawn Ward is a good football player, but he's not like a future pro, no doubt type, right? He's not a special athlete. Now, I thought some of the qualities he had were, were, were pretty nice, you know, as far as feel for the game and spatial abilities, understanding how, like basically how to run within a scheme. And those are our things. But those are things that to a certain extent you can coach and need to coach right? You need to hold on to your guys that are physical freaks because you can't really teach some of the stuff that Benson has. You can teach some of the stuff that Treshawn Ward has. So uh, it's for in terms of like the player retention job done. Um, certainly, I, I think it's encouraging that Trey Benson you know, is signed up with the battle's end. And you, know, you like you, you lose, Tra you lose Treshawn Ward. Okay. That if you're doing, if you're doing your job well, as as Florida State, as Mike Norvell, as Derek Ray, as as, as you know, as Johnson, that, that shouldn't cripple you, right? Like that that should be a, a type of player that you should be able to replace fairly easily, honestly, if you're recruiting at FSU like you should be. And I think it's encouraging that they hit on on, on Rodney. I know that was a guy that Ryan Barto uh, was heavily involved with, and I think he deserves some credit there in that recruitment as well, certainly. So, um, yeah, man, that's. That's encouraging. Also, um, yeah, Cedric, appreciate you jumping in the chat there. Uh, we will get you an answer on the uh, the VA loans uh, from the legendary team. 
which we'll talk about up in a second. But I do want to talk about all day, all day Dre, man. Vandrivius Jacobs, a dude who, um, you know, we got to see quite a bit as a recruit. Very productive high school kid, you know, not an elite athletic profile, but somebody who really understands how to play the game. Like, I think there's some Treshawn Ward to Dre Jacobs. Mm. And, like, I know Mike Norvell mentioned him a lot. Like, the guy has a great feel for how to play the game and is really refined. And that's, that's encouraging to see, man. I think refined is, is a very appropriate word. Uh, he is. If you just walked into the stadium and watched that, I think you're going to guess that uh, that 19 is a third year player. I mean, that's not. Does not look like a kid that just walked onto campus. I think. Um, this is just me, but having a, a knowledge as to what he's done so far and watching what he did um, on Saturday, I like when they do the TV and when they do like the TV first team, are you necessarily going to see a picture of Vandravius Jacobs? I'm not sure for the LSU game. Does Vandravius Jacobs have a chance to take a hell of a lot of snaps this year and have starter type minutes? Does he have a chance to maybe be the person that's best positioned to take Pokey Wilson snaps? I think so. I do. I mean, I think get ready to see that guy play a lot of, a lot of minutes, catch a lot of balls. Um, Again, you know, not somebody that may catch uh, catch a quick slant and turn a turn a twelve yard pass into an eighty two yard touchdown or something. But damn, if that kid is smooth and seems to be in the right place, knows what he's doing, and uh, had some moments that made you go, "Ooh, okay, yeah, that's that's a kid that's going to be playing next year." I I don't necessarily think the comparison is perfect, but I'm trying to think about guys that rem- that he reminds me of. And I go back to that 2013 team that had had two guys on there. Uh, in terms of like a smoothness to them, there's a little, uh, I don't know, maybe a little Rashad Green there. Although I, I kind of think Rashad's top end was probably better. Um, yeah. And also like, you know, Kenny Shaw coming out of high school was actually pretty refined as well. I think the Kenny Shaw one is, is pretty good. Yeah. Um, Rashad... Rashad Green may be the smoothest wide receiver I've ever seen. You know, just that that's a that's a different type yeah. of cat. Um Kenny Shaw, maybe a you know maybe a, a little bit more fluid version of Kenny Shaw. I I was impressed. And I think uh get ready to see that dude catching some catching some balls and uh not to give away anything from a snap count perspective, but that, that guy's not going for 19 snaps. Not going cheap in our draft. draft. No, he's okay. not. Uh-uh. All right. No. All right. So um, so now now I think my strategy had to be like, I need to drive up this price and I'm going to have Ingram bidding right. like 650 yes. on Preston. 619. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is it is very impressive. Maybe not quite as impressive as the legendary team of, of Chad and Shannon, but you're going to be seeing 19 uh, most certainly. And, and when you're not seeing 19, the number you need to be thinking about is 855-FSU-LOAN. Shannon and Chad are fantastic guys. Uh, see that Cedric was actually answering another listener's question about the VA loans, but uh, we'll get uh, you guys in touch with uh, the right people, and the right people is uh, Shannon Young and uh, and his team. Fantastic experience um, for Bud and fantastic experience for damn near 500 of our listeners now. I always say eight four four FSU loan. Oh, okay, yeah. Am I wrong on this? I know. I because, think you're like, right. I feel like we've done 
Now, I think you have five on, on your mind because we are doing 500 loans with these guys. But I'm fairly sure it's, it's April 4 FSU. It's good to get the phone number right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 844 FSU. Call 855, too. See if they want to talk Florida State ball. But oh, uh, 844 is probably the one that will be slightly more receptive to your NOLCAST-specific questions. We'll put it that way. <laughs> oh, man. Legendary home loans team. If you guys don't know, I got b- both both my home loans through these dudes. Chad and Shannon are awesome. They've, they've been been with us really since day one. I remember going to, uh, I think it was like Bow Campers down there in South Florida. That's before Madso had a uh, had a presence in South Florida. And uh, they are like, man, if we do like two or three loans, we'd be really happy in the first year. I was like, how about like 505 yeah. years? Like <laughs> that that could work certainly. Uh, so homes are still being sold. And if you want to get a great professional experience and uh, and awesome rates, knowledge of the market, and talk a little FSU ball, that's the number to call. All right. Um, anybody else in the offense that we need to talk about that like you feel like is uh somebody that maybe we haven't told people about to the extent that we need to tell them about? Hakeem Williams had uh, one or two nice plays. It'd be interesting to see uh, how they get him involved. Uh, Hakeem Williams and Jaheim Bell almost look like the same physical type player. I mean, both of them are very impressive. Um, Kyle Morlock had a had another solid day. I think that's a, a really good pickup. Uh, to this day, I still can't wrap my mind around the fact that you got a player out of shorter college who may be able to make an immediate impact for you, but I guess that's just how it works out. Um, Winston Hakeem, Wright did go, by the way. Uh, Winston Wright went, and Winston Wright had a, a nice touchdown. Um, I know, that was a question out of the chat. Uh, yeah. Like, hey, did Winston Wright play? Yeah, yeah, he's back. Like, I think he's got a chance to help. Yeah, he went um, – I, I mean, I just never saw him before the injury. So, I, I you know, I can't make a uh, yeah. exact comparison. But it certainly looks like that guy, you know, he didn't he didn't look like he was recovering an injury when he scored from, you know, 45 or 50 yards out. I'll put it that way. So, he, he was impressive. Uh, I expect that Wright will probably be your kick returner uh, as well, assuming his health continues to to chart in the right direction. Uh Kentron Portier had some, uh, what I believe were fairly nice moments. Uh, Johnny, I mean, you know, you know what you're getting out of Johnny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you're think you're real comfortable at wide receiver. You're going to try to figure out who takes pokey snaps. Um, you know, to an extent, who takes Micah snaps, but Micah, you know, Micah's contributions kind of ebbed and flowed um, in in various games. So it's not as though you're. You know, I think I think more your punt returner conversations, more your immediate what you'll do. Um, and Deuce Span was running with the ones a lot. Had a man, he caught one ball uh, where he kind of reversed field, and you got to see you got to see Deuce Span at top speed, and that that's a that's a fun thing to watch. I mean, you get a you get a feel for just how absurdly talented a raw athlete that guy is. Um, I will be curious to see if he can continue to progress. And I mean, if you're, you know, if that guy's a starting wide receiver for you, then he's, he's made a, he's made a hell of a a transition in his career. Um, I think he's still got a little bit of work to do before he's a a surefire number one. All right. 
switching sides of the ball here. Did you happen to see Mike Norvell's comments about Patrick Payton? I did. I did. Hmm. And Payton was good. Uh, the defensive line was solid. Just as two guys that have done this podcast for 13 or 14 years, I, I also thought that uh, – and Peyton, Peyton was good. Peyton, Peyton had one play in particular there. You're like, oh, yeah, dude, that dude is the ACC Rookie of the Year, and that dude looks like he's a better form of what he was last year. Um, but as, as, as two old heads, as I was saying, I, I had to immediately think that, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're talking to a player that wasn't there as well uh, in, in, um, in, uh, in our defensive end. Uh, from Tucker, who has uh, missed a, a couple days of practice here. So, um, again, that's not really conspiratorial. That's just two yeah, guys I mean, that have I, been around I, ball. I think that's out there that McClendon you know, hasn't really been with the team. So we'll yep. see uh, what he decides to do. Um, kind of like I, – I, yeah, I definitely took Mike Norvell's comments as speaking praise for Pat Payton, but also being like, hey uh, – We're not going to give special treatment to guys who are like, you know, not special. Yeah. You know, like I, I kind of, my thoughts on Trayshawn Ward are like poor, you know, poor, like, like, you know, growth hormone all over those, right? Like, like McClendon is a solid football player. He's not a, he's not, not going to be an NFL player. He's not a, a difference maker. You know, he's, not saying he's a jag. I think he's like a little better than that. But like he's not somebody that, AC, that ACC teams or especially SEC teams are scared of. He's not somebody who has played so well that his spot is guaranteed as a starter, nor should it be. You know, like I, I doesn't really like if he wants to bounce. All right, you know, like the decisions you have to make decisions for you and like he's not going to play as much as he wants to play most likely i would think or be guaranteed a starting spot yeah uh gilbert edmonds was impressive and was rightfully acknowledged i think by uh norvell uh lamont green has work to do and and it's got to put on some some weight and, and will over time again a kid that is otherwise a freshman or a senior in high school right now um Lamont Green had a had a couple plays that let you know that you know maybe there's something not maybe there's something there there is something there you just gotta it's gonna take a second to see it uh, had one rep in particular against Lucas Simmons that was impressive uh, showed a you know showed a, a, a couple of pass rush skills beyond just hey I'm strong and fast and a lot of times that's what defensive ends can get you know kind of lured into at the high school level because just only so many tackles that can block an athlete like that so um i i think you really like where you are uh from a, a defensive line perspective I, I will say that you know i think uh new shiny pieces <laughs> tend to tend to grab people's attention and uh i'm as excited as anybody about what uh you know, about what jackson can be um i i think maybe you know collectively as a as a fan base that maybe there's some people that have gotten a little ahead of themselves on him. Uh, and I'm, I'm look, man, I, uh, you know, I, I'm real happy that Jackson's on the roster. I'll put it that way. And, uh, and, and uh, love what he has the potential to be, but uh, I think he's going to have to, you know, continue to develop. And uh, that defensive line, as I said, this either last show or two shows ago, 
nobody's going to walk into reps, uh, reps there. You know, I mean, you have to earn mm-hmm. them and you have to beat out a lot of good football players to get reps on the interior of this line. So uh, everybody's going to have to to be at the top of the game and, and only more so once uh, Braden Fisk gets that, that green jersey taken off and, and he's in the middle as well. So obviously you're not going to comment on who was going against, you know, who. Uh, but like the one thing I was told was like with some of these D-line stats that you may hear thrown out there, just be aware there is still a pretty big difference between some of the offensive line guys, right? Like, you know, I mean, if you're going against a walk-on or a fourth stringer, you know, and you just because on the day you were the second string, so second, you know, twos against fours, ones against threes at times, you know, uh, that, that you, you, you could kind of be expected to win almost every rep at times. So, um, not really sure how much you can get from linebackers in the scrimmage where most of the guys are, are wearing green jerseys. So, you can't, <laughs> you know uh, what I'm saying? Tatum Bethune had one, uh, had one or two nice, nice plays. Um, it's almost impossible to, to, to evaluate Deloach with what he does uh, because of every person that he's out there, you know, coming in direct contact with was wearing a green jersey for the most part. Um, DJ Lundy looked looked pretty solid in the in the reps that I saw him um, get in. So, you know, linebacker is uh, an area of maybe, you know, maybe if you could find something in the portal uh, that that's an area that you would look. But, you know, just candidly, I will – tell you that that's not a up until now and and now from speaking from a macro perspective i think there's there'll be a lot of linebackers that you can choose from on the whole um but you know that's not i don't know that immediately that this uh this particular crop uh group or, or crop of uh of portal uh at least that was available in the original portal window was of of particular interest uh, i do think omar graham has continued to progress and uh will be in a place to you know take some of those snaps that kind of lundy worked himself into last year and it'll be fascinating to see what the introduction of um, of uh, nicholson looks like on this unit absolutely man um all right so I don't know. I, I've heard some actually some encouraging things about, about Fentrell Cypress. We, we know that corner performance for the most part, and people don't want to hear this, but it's it's pretty true if you look at the numbers. Like corner performance and defensive back performance is pretty wildly variable from year to year, right? Like, okay, yeah, like Deion Sanders and, and you know, Rod Woodson and Champ Bailey, okay, they, they didn't get beat a whole lot, but almost everybody who's not in that super elite group. And I would put Cypress is not in that super elite group, right? Because if he was, he would be in the NFL draft, not in Tallahassee. I think he's a good college football player. And I think corner is extremely hard to get in the portal. So FSU did a tremendous job in getting him, right? But like the other corners that were around his level, talent-wise, one was Travis Hunter, who followed Dion to Colorado. And by the way, looks like he's playing like, mostly receiver now which mm-hmm. he always dominated receiver in seven on and was a really good high school receiver too and denver harris who was in the portal because he got kicked out of AM, right um so it's really hard to find even above average corners in the portal everybody wants them fsu got you know probably the top guy who was in the portal for a non-disciplinary non-coaching change reason you know um 
35 minutes into this, not to not to take us off, but uh, track. Did you see that uh, the Jimbo press conference? Uh, I know everybody's oh attention God, was was the um, comments or, or kind of lack of clarity he had as far as Bobby Petrino and whether or not he was going to call plays and stuff. But it, maybe this is just me being myopic and, and focused on that of what I spend all my time around. But the fact that the guy that I knew eight years ago uh, – sat at the dais, answered a question about an incoming prospect, acknowledged that he had gotten to campus and wasn't sure whether or not he was going to stay with the team and that he might go back to UTEP, almost made my head explode. I mean, I just can't. Now, I realize there's somewhat of a similar situation at Florida. Ultimately, I think that kid's going to end up staying at Florida because I I don't know where else he can do or where else he can go. And that's, again, I'm not trying to sidetrack us. But I was just... I couldn't get over the Jimbo Fisher sat there, answered a question on a kid and then goes, well, well, there's a bit of a situation with him. Well, I guess it's not a situation. He's just here and he's not really sure if he wants to stay here. So, um, like I, wow. Wow, man. Wow. Yeah. I, I good, good for, I mean, you know, all the money and all the ranches in the world and I, I happy for him and, and many future generations of fishers. Uh, but that is, that is not the dude uh, that I knew t- 11 or 12 years ago. I mean, it, it is, it's remarkable to see. So, I, I mean, there's a lot of takeaways from that press conference. I was, uh, man, I am not like, I don't know what to say about this. Do, do you think he'd rather have it fail doing it his way than succeed and, and just get the credit for hiring a, a guy that does it a little bit differently? I mean, like, you see that much of a control? Because, like, we knew sort of, like, from, you know, talking to guys around him and, you know, heck, just, just you know, shooting breeze that he really thought a lot of these modern college offenses were, like, BS. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they weren't doing it, like, the right way and, you know, like, that, that, that type of crap. Uh even though they're like scoring points, which yes, yes, yeah. stop doing <laughs> those those devious point scores. Um, yeah, and you know, like, I, he's still saying stuff like everybody's running the same stuff. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, you think the way that you run that? I mean, you may you may both run run you you may both run belly. You you may you may both run you know some G scheme stuff. You think the way you the way you dress it up? You think the motions are are the same like you think you're accomplishing the same stuff you think the way you pair it with rpos and actual like downfield blocking is the same because looks like defenses love playing jimbo's offense you know um and for him to say like like they're they'll figure it out who calls the plays Whew. uh hmm yeah yeah huh i mean i, I just know the guy that I somewhat knew and, and had very good friends working for would have poured gasoline on his fire and started a major fire before he answered a question at a press conference acknowledging that a kid had been on campus for a week and is already thinking about leaving. I mean, that, that you know, Jimbo would have sat there and talked to you for 10 minutes and told you that the guy was going to be a future Hall of Famer before he acknowledged something like that. It was just, that was just crazy. So I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't want to get distracted too much on this, but um, honestly, I've been meaning to ask you about that in, in 1v1 conversation. And 
no better time to have one KVP one conversation than when you're recording a podcast. So uh, just a, a wild thing to see. Um, who is Dusty May and why are people in the chat asking about him? Is Dusty May the uh, FAU coach? Uh, I just Googled him. Apparently so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where did he I, go to college? I don't know. Like, what? Is there some connection here that, that Mike Alford I'm missing for basketball? Yeah, I just think they the see a, coaches a, in Florida. Yeah, I think they see a Florida coach having success, and I don't know, man. Basketball will be fascinating. I mean, that's a that's a. Um. Yeah. I, that, we'll just let that play out. I don't. I don't yeah, I don't know what I, I can say that is not going to be construed as um, so. And the job's not open right now, so no, the job's not open. You've got a, a legendary coach uh, who's got to have to make some adjustments, and and be fascinating to see how it plays out next year. Yeah, for for sure that 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 makes a lot of sense. Um, I know Travis in the chat asks uh, how has Az Thomas looked. Honestly, man, like I don't want to say good or bad. I just haven't hasn't been mentioned to me as somebody who's like killing it, but also hasn't been mentioned as somebody that like that sucks. So I assume he's just learning and, and developing. Right. Um, I think they're really happy with, with, uh, with AZ. I, I just think it's a very, uh, Jerry and Jones has, has turned into a really, a really good football player. Uh, Renardo green ditto. Um, Fentrell is, is Fentrell Cypress. I mean, that's a, guy who might have been a second back into the second round pick last year um i i, I think they i think all, all i think all the excitement and optimism and everything that surrounded az thomas last year is still there and you're just going to continue to develop him and uh az thomas is a massive piece of the massive part of the future of this program uh, so and and same with greedy vance you know greedy's had a uh, I don't remember anything particularly from Saturday where where greedy flash, but uh, there's a reason why Adam Fuller spent two or three minutes talking about him in the press conference. Uh, Greedy's had a pretty impressive uh, run of practices as well. So, He's gotten a lot better, man. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited about it. Like he can be kind of a pest. That's that's encouraging. You know, they have some pieces, and and like you know, this is going to be a major task for his coaching staff to get this, this get the secondary to play better. You know, and I kind of think they can. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Big shout out to our friends at Congruity. Congruityhr.com is the website. I can tell you that uh, that we're incorporating uh, Congruity into uh, some of the back end of the battle's end uh, as well when it comes to payroll and uh, and other things. And there's only but one phone call I would make. Also, it's a pretty wild weather here in Atlanta right now, bud. So if I uh, you know, tap out for a second or we start to have some internet issues. Uh, that's why, but, uh, congruity HR, uh, does not care about the weather in Atlanta. So I need to stop talking about them in the middle or that in the middle of their ad read. Uh, Matt Lewis, fantastic individual, fantastic Florida state fan, and will be a fantastic resource uh, for you and your business as he has been for bud myself. Again, if you want to reach out to, uh, to me, whether a DM on Twitter um, or an email to the uh, account. I'll be happy to put you in touch uh, with Matt and his team, but he has done a, uh, a fantastic job for, I believe, down more than 10 NOLCast listeners in their businesses. Look at that. And uh, Congruity HR and the NOLCast has been a great partnership, and we're pretty damn confident it would be 
for you and your business as well. So big thank you to the people at Congruity. Uh, I did actually drop Congruity's name the other day. I was at a I was at a golf store, a little little uh, little family owned golf store by me, and uh, they uh, they were actually having a conversation about their payroll needs, literally. And I was browsing. I was like, "Hey, uh, just gonna say, I have a little podcast, and we have a sponsor called Congruity. They're full, you know, HR solutions, payroll, and uh, I think they have a 100% renewal rate for people who have used them uh, through us. So uh, that, that to me says a lot about those guys. And uh, say, give them a call if you want. Okay, we might. Cool. There you go. So anyway, Matt, uh, if you get a, get a golf store now. That's, uh, put, put that on the sheet as number 11. Yeah, that, that's number 11. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, let's see. A couple other things here. Um, Florida State got some important out-of-state targets in for uh, for this weekend as far as recruiting visits. That's important. A couple offensive tackles got in. Again, that's something you got to continue to monitor. Uh, let's talk about some guys who are either committed or are like top targets for the Knowles and where they ended up in the latest Top two four seven. Uh, obviously, I work for twenty four seven sports, and uh, we have not put out a new top two four seven since November. I think that's actually purposeful. We don't want to just do it willy nilly, and want to make sure you're evaluating all of the the new junior season film that gets dropped. And a lot of that comes out like Christmas time, January. Like as coaches get all their seniors out the door, they're able to sort of help their kids make their highlight tapes. And, uh, and and kind of just get the word out about some of their players. We're able to see these dudes in person at camps at combines, getting some verified measurables, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, like it takes a long time to go through a couple thousand kids, right? And uh, and so we do have some, you know, some decent changes here uh, within the process. Uh, I would say a couple things, just running down the list here. Jeremiah Smith, uh, who's FSU's top receiver target. I think that's pretty obvious to everybody and like he's the top receiver target for, I would guess, every school in the country. Actually moved up to the number two overall player in the country. That is pretty rare that we put a receiver that high, but he is absolutely legit. Um, Cam Coleman uh, also got five-star status from 189 to 21. Again, that's a receiver from uh, Phoenix City, Alabama. I expect him to go to Auburn, uh, but FSU is still recruiting him, you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I haven't really, but it keeps coming on your campus, keeps saying nice things. I guess you got to keep doing it. But also I remember the Keldrick Fox situation from last year and the fact that Auburn's receiver room right now is pretty terrible. They have a lot of playing time to offer blah, blah, blah. Uh, Landon Thomas, really no change in his rating. Kept that same at your, at your five-star tight end committed to Georgia, but he remains the only five-star tight end. And what is a very strong, tight end year uh jojo trader i think the rating actually actually stayed unchanged but went from 16 to 38 as we just found some guys that we like a little better uh, still a, a high level prospect there and that that'll happen uh luke Cromenhoke got to watch all all the junior stuff seven on seven blah 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 moves up to number 66 in the country from 94 so his ascent continues uh, jason zandamella four-star offensive lineman now uh, from 141 to 80 Came into the Orlando Under Armour event, looked like a million bucks. Can snap, can move, can bend. That's really solid. Uh, Cam Davis, as the running back position continues to be de-emphasized throughout the sport of football, especially with the NFL draft, where you know, we're looking at 
Bijan Robinson, some of these over under props where he gets drafted at 20. And I'm like, I mean, Bijan's like the best running back to come out of college in a good long while. And mm-hmm. like they're thinking may not even a top 20 pick. So, Cam, I think his overall rating actually remains unchanged just from 45 to 86 as we continue to bump up premium positions over running back. Uh, other other names that we need to know here. Um, uh, let's see. Two receivers that I think you know got de-emphasized a little bit. I think this probably matches some of the, the recruiting patterns on them as well. Uh, James Madison and Chance Robinson, two South Florida guys who – I know FSU had been involved with, certainly remain involved with, but just maybe not, uh, maybe just finding guys that you like a little better overall, right? It's not anything that they are necessarily doing wrong, but uh, as you get more data, sometimes other people's data looks a little better, right? And so you got to make some adjustments there. Uh, Looking here, defense uh, defense wise, Charles Lester, um, no change. He's 30. He was 31. Remains a really high-level uh, corner prospect for us. Jamari Howard, this is actually one to note here. Jamari Howard, South Florida corner, uh, made a big jump all the way up to number 75 nationally. He's a Michigan State commit. So, you know, uh, another one to note here, Zay Mency, safety that I know Florida State likes an awful lot, uh, all the way up to number 88. So tall, real freaky. Another one here, four-star LJ McCray uh, goes from an unrated prospect into the top 100 at 90. His coordination and stuff right now is is like he's still very much learning how to use his body and grow into it. And I think I said this about three or four episodes ago. You're, you're kind of able to see why uh, he was not um, you know, like not getting the sack numbers that maybe the initial pressures that he put on tape would have shown. Uh, Jordan Pride, the safety FSU commit. Drops from 41 to 96. Obviously, he has a torn ACL, so uh, you're going to have more confidence in guys who don't have torn ACLs, and he'll have an opportunity to show what he can do in his senior season. Kai Bates, a, a guy that FSU uh, was fairly early on to offer uh, here by me in Orlando at Edgewater, goes from an unrated prospect to number 107. That is directly related to him playing more receiver, or excuse me, more DB and playing DB at a high level in some seven-on events, which I think is a great spot to evaluate corner play because it's just nonstop, can you cover, can you not, right? Uh, Brandon Jacob, another guy of issues very high on, uh, Orlando Jones, safety into the top 130. Trying to think other guys that she really cares about here. Um, let me see. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Fred Gaskin, who who you know was a guy that played a lot as a younger guy, uh, two thirty six. You know he falls out, which obviously if you're going to two thirty six to two forty seven is not much of a drop. It's just you got to move guys out as you move dudes into the rankings. Uh, so that's kind of your rundown of your top targets. FSU recruiting wise, high school man is definitely recruiting a higher caliber player uh, than what they have been recruiting. You know, and uh, I think that shows up in the class they have and in the class that they are hoping to build. It'll be fascinating to see, man. I really do think that if you go out there and you uh, you win the LSU game, that um, you're going to be one of the hotter properties in in football. I don't I don't know that you're going to be beating, you know, George, Alabama, and Ohio State for kids uh, left, right, and center, but uh, you know, you're, you're going to be real competitive, and I think you're going to have a 
an awful lot of uh, of interest in you that is, uh, you know, not uncommon that when this program starts to operate at, at close to peak efficiency, does pretty damn well in the world of recruiting. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think you'll you'll see that pretty shortly. And, and the general trend that I've been saying for about a year or so now that I thought Florida State's recruiting was going to be much more kind of, uh, I think the, the phrase that I used was much more reflective of, of the baseball card. And what I mean that is that, you know, if you look at a guy – who uh, hits 286 uh, with uh, with 32 home runs most times? Uh, that's what he ends up getting to by the end of the year. You know, you, that's just where uh, production tends to be somewhat static. And I think Florida State at uh, at uh, near peak efficiency or approaching peak efficiency uh, will start to have a consistent run of recruiting at the high school level that is uh, more familiar with uh, with what we've seen uh, historically. So. Uh, I, I'll talk in circles more about baseball cards for another minute or so if you'd like me to, but uh, that's what I meant there. No, I, I mean, I think about it like, like your premium positions here, right? The ones that uh, increasingly like you, you have a harder time getting in the portal generally, um, you know, corner, pass rusher, r- the real top end receiver types. Although USC did get Jordan Addison uh, for the most part, like most of the receivers that we saw out there are going somewhere to be a receiver too. Uh you know, in terms of guys like who were receiver ones at smaller schools, they end up being like WR2 at some bigger schools. Uh, offensive tackle, obviously just look at the at the offensive tackle position in the transfer portal. It's extremely hard to get one, uh, especially one that can play at a high level. Uh, so, uh, like, look, tackle, okay, but I don't know that any team out there is really doing a great job with that. Corner, I think you're doing very well with Lester and Bates, and you have some other guys, obviously Jamari Howard, dudes that you're not committed but have the irons and the fire on. Um, you know, pass rusher, I would say continues to be a bit of a concern of mine. Um, in, in this high school class, you're, you're going to need to hit uh, on, on a big-time pass rusher. You, you failed to, to get a high-level one in last year's high school class, and you, you, know, you failed to do so the prior year as well. And those guys just – I know that you got Jermaine Johnson and Jared Verse. If you really think that's repeatable, <laughs> I got some land to sell you, man. Yeah. Like, you know, that, that's incredible, but it's not likely repeatable and certainly not something upon which you want to rely. So have to do a better job recruiting the defensive end position. I think you're getting a lot of love at receiver right now from some elite kids. And I mean, if the floor of your class is is TJ Abrams and Camden Fryer, that's a hell of a receiver class you're bringing yeah. in. Yeah. So – very encouraging. Um, These positive null casts are hell of a lot of fun. Look at that, man. Yeah. I know. Yeah, Chat, absolutely. The, the chat's enjoying it. Um, did you stop by Charlie Park? I did not. Uh, I was I was trying to uh, get up there last night, and Tallahassee was Tallahassee. And, uh, we, we ended up staying in one place, and, uh, I mean, we ended up staying at Madso, which was uh, – Hell of a lot of fun, bud. Uh, some stories that I will convey to you uh, off air on that. But uh, Tallahassee's a special place, and, uh, and I'm only reminded of that every time that I go back. But no, we were hanging out at uh, at Madso and and having a having a great time uh, doing it. So uh, whether or not you're hanging out at Madso, like Township seems to be just the place for uh, for the kids. Uh, they be hanging out. It's remarkable to see the line every time I walk past Township to get in there. Um, or Charlie Park, 
uh, Matt Thompson and his team certainly know what they're doing when it comes to this restaurant and hospitality thing. And uh, I'm just fortunate. I had to had an opportunity to sit down and uh, talk with Matt. Uh, I had met him with coffee while I was up there on Friday and playing some things uh, in the future that we'll be working on. And a uh, great dude who's, who's built a hell of a business for himself there. And uh, any of the properties we're uh, fond of suggesting to you, but particularly Charlie Park. And, and if you are going to uh, heed our, uh, our request to hit up Charlie Park, particularly during the spring game weekend, I would make reservations. It is, uh, is a very popular place and uh, was happy to hear some of the uh, younger members of the uh, Battles End team uh, talk to me about how cool their uh, their Sunday brunch was, and I said, yes, "There you I'm, go. I'm very familiar. I I know all about it. But thank you for telling me." So uh, you know, the they, it's, they uh, think it's you're a not great hip, place. man. Yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely. I can't. I can't imagine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, I'm pretty much tapped out here. Yeah. No, it's uh. If you're a Florida State fan, and uh, research show us about 98% of you that listen are, uh, feel good, man. Your, your program's in a place that it hasn't been in a, in a long time. And uh, for the 1% of you that are Clemson listeners, always appreciate your listenership. And uh, we, we look forward to potentially playing you one or two times in the next season as well. But, uh, no, it's, it's remarkable where the program uh, is headed. It's remarkable the turnaround. Uh, that we've all witnessed here over the past two or three years. And uh, I have a feeling it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun these next couple of years as well. So this, uh, this has been great, man. We'll do it again in a week or so. Um, or when we, you know, feel is a, is a next appropriate window, if something should present itself earlier, but this has been great. This has been right at about an hour, bud. And uh, for those of you who chose to watch it live, or for those of you who are just checking in after succession, uh we appreciate it and uh wait we'll be back to you soon are you saying that they're going to watch the nolcasts in succession after succession? after succession yes absolutely and uh many other puns as well but no fantastic uh fantastic time to get down there take a look at this team uh encourage many of you all that can uh to go down there for the spring game uh, we'll have more information on this. I should have mentioned this before freaking minute 59. Uh, but the Battles in will be putting on basically like a minor fan day. Uh, we are trying to make every athlete that we have available, or we're trying to make every athlete that we have under contract, which is north of 60, uh, available for a free autograph session on Lankford Green before the spring game on Saturday. Um, working very, very hard on that. And I'll have more information for all of you out there. Um, but that is something that we're doing and, uh, that's going to be a hell of an undertaking and something that we're really excited about. So I, I might take the boys. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like, like that, that. So Liam just loves Jordan Travis. Right. And just like, absolutely just all, all about it. Um, I am taking him to the Rays game on Thursday mm -hmm. o opening day. He likes Wander Franco. He wants the yellow arm sleeves. I'm like, bro, you're free. You play T-ball. We're, we're not going to rock the yellow arm sleeves like, 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 until we stop chasing butterflies. Uh, but, yeah, man, dude, that sounds like an awesome time. T take the kids out there, get a couple autographs. Um, again, I will have more information for you as we're doing it, but we're getting tense. We've got a band lineup, uh, trying to get a bouncy house or something like that for – for Liam and, and other uh, children when they're not getting Jordan Travis's autograph. So 
we're working on it. It's going to be cool. And like I said, I'll have more information to you, uh, you, the general public, uh, as we put it together here. Oh, you want a bounce house story? Please. All right. So I had to run some errands on Friday and uh, knocked out most of my conference calls I had to ever work. Anyway, got them done and uh, I had to take take three-year-old. And so we hit Costco. We're going through get, getting everything that, that, that you know, Max put on the list. And they have this shark bounce house suspended from the ceiling. And so immediately he's like, hey, we're going to see the bounce house. I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll see it when we get to the aisle, right, man? You know, because he kind of keep that carrot out there. And uh, as we get closer, he's starting to be like, think we could jump in it? Like this thing, like in my head, like absolutely not. This thing is suspended from cables. And like, I'm not even really sure I could throw you this high into this thing. But uh, I, I asked the guy, like, you know, worked there, like, Liam's actually like, hey, I'm like, hey, can we jump in this bounce house? And instead of being like, oh, no, unfortunately, it's, you know, 25 feet in the air and store policy says we're not allowed to jump in the bounce house. He's like, well, you'll have to ask your dad. If he buys it, you can certainly jump in it at home. Like, oh, no, like this is this is killing me. Like, I'm just you own a bounce house now. I, I do not own a bounce house because it, it, it wouldn't fit in the truck. Mm. Thankfully, the list of stuff that Maggie had to get. Yeah, was big enough to where we did it would not fit in the truck, but I. Well, there's there is Costco.com, so there is, yeah, there is uh, absolutely. Do I, do I need to buy four hundred dollar shark? I had dude. That is one thing. Like when you get kids, you're not really sh- like certain things surprise you how much they cost, mm-hmm. and other things like this should be more expensive, and it's not. Bounce houses, yeah, are like shockingly expensive. I don't know if like that that type of of like vinyl is more expensive than i realize or whatever but like, there's some bounce houses that are like a couple thousand bucks mm, okay so that is far more than i would have ever for your battles and planning purposes yes dude. i don't absolutely. know what they rent for but they they got to be got to be up there well um, uh we'll, we'll start evaluating the bounce house market <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah all right all right brother thoroughly enjoyed it as always uh if you get a chance to like subscribe uh give us any kind of feedback on whatever podcast platform it is that you run across the nullcast uh know that it is greatly appreciated and uh from myself bud and everybody else associated with uh with the nullcast uh this has been a great one and uh thank you for the warning keith and i have made it through uh some very nasty weather without the podcast otherwise being interrupted so uh there it is bud talk to you soon bro enjoy it if you guys have an HVAC company in Orlando, hit me up ASAP. I'll see you guys.